How's it going, everybody? My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a backpacker. I'm just a hiking nerd, dude. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other peak baggers, thru-hikers, hiking nerds like myself about their experiences on the trail. And we've got a great, uh, honestly, a great episode today. Chad Lebinski joins the show. Chad is a thru-hiker. He is like a, he does like some mountaineering kind of stuff. We talk about that. He he does like backcountry, like skiing and snowboard. He does it all, dude. I'm telling you, we didn't even get to cover everything. So I'm going to have to have him back on. But this was a great chat. We talk about his adventure on the John Muir Trail, the Colorado Trail, and a bunch of other stuff. We talk about being content creators a little bit in this weird outdoor space towards the end of the episode. It was awesome, and like I said, I want to get him back on soon. So, Chad, when you hear this, dude, thank you so, so much for coming on. I'm going to get into the episode here in just a second. First, I just want to say, uh, for those of you that listen to the show regularly, I know I've been slacking a little bit. I haven't posted very much, but I promise you, the show is still a thing. It's still coming out, and if you're uh, if you're sick of dealing with the inconsistencies, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I've been moving a lot. Excuses, excuses. But don't worry, the show's not going anywhere. We're going to be back at it. All right, let's get into it. Episode number 139 with Chad Lipinski. All right, here we go. Chad Lipinski. I nailed it, didn't I? Perfect. <laughs> I was getting a little cocky there, but I think I did. Uh, I think I did well, dude. You just you just moved into a new house like today, right, or yesterday, or some shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! It has been a nightmare. We went from Oregon to Wyoming, and basically our first or the apartment we signed on was what do they call it? We were catfished. You were catfished, bro. What happened? How do you get catfished <laughs> at an apartment? So, well, here here's the deal. We're moving from out of state, right? And they put out these pictures, looked real nice and edited. They had real nice lighting, all that stuff. And we're like, whatever, dude, signed. We needed to find something super quick, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we're just like, screw it. We're going to do this. And <laughs> I get there before my girlfriend because we were taking two separate cars there. And I get there before her. And I walk in and I like look around and I'm like, Oh my God, what did we just do? And I text her and I'm like, hey, we're going to need some of your decorating. Because <laughs> it looked like, I mean, it looked like basically, it looked like my college, you know, guy house that we that we had back in 2014, right? Holes in the walls, stuff on the walls, terrible smell. She gets in and it was, you know, we were looking for a new apartment that night, oh, essentially. Man. and. Yeah, and so thankfully we had one of those pod, those U-Haul pods yeah. that was like on the way to us, but like it was actually delayed, so it actually didn't get to that that first apartment, and so by the time we ended up moving to the second one, it actually got delivered there, so we didn't have to like remove everything all, all at the same time, but mm-hmm. yeah, dude, it was quite a quite a show. So I wasn't sure, like when you said you got catfished, I wasn't sure if it was like you showed up and there just wasn't an apartment there. So at least at least there was a roof over your head, but that does sound pretty brutal. But you found we're gonna talk about the outdoors in a second, folks, don't worry. But I'm just I just I've never heard of someone who got catfished with an apartment. So at least you were able to find another one pretty quick, huh? 
here's the thing, man. It's like they had, they were, there was no way that they could rent it out to someone that was local because they would go in there and show them it and they'd be like, you know, no way. <laughs> and so it had to be. So the weirdest thing about this entire thing was like this quadplex or whatever it was. Everybody was from out of state. Oh, and so that's it's kind of like they gamed the system there. So, yeah, <laughs> man. So, but we, we ended up getting a prorated rent out of it and a whole whole thing. So it wasn't too bad. But but uh, you're settled in now. Um, yeah. And Wyoming, I've never been to Wyoming, but I, I've always been kind of fascinated by it because it seems like it'd be a pretty cool like outdoorsy, I don't know where even in the state you are, but like, it seems like it'd be a pretty cool outdoorsy place, but there's also like not that many people there, which I kind of like too. So it's definitely on my, it's on my radar. I would really like to visit at some point. Well, when you do the CDT, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, that's going to happen at some point, but, uh, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, can you just like go ahead and kind of introduce yourself? Um, you know, what you've what you've hiked, I guess, because this is a hiking podcast, but I know you've done a lot of, I mean, I was looking through your Instagram and stuff, like you've done, a, it seems like you kind of do it all in terms of like outdoor stuff, to be honest. But anyways, yeah. introduce yourself, what you've hiked, dude, just tell the people what uh, what you're all about. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so I've done some through hikes, just the uh, John Muir Trail northbound and then the Colorado Trail the year after that, which actually funny thing is when I was finishing up the the JMT, I actually was listening to your podcast where you interviewed somebody that just did the CT. Oh. And that's kind of what inspired me to get onto the CT. Really? Was it was Oddly it Scott? Enough. Was it Scott Hughes? I think Oh, it was. It was him because yeah. then I actually got on his podcast like a few months later. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Honestly, dude, I had a I had a friend text me the other day being like, Oh, like I just listened to like your episode with Scott Hughes on the Colorado Trail. And I was like, dude, I don't even actually he didn't say his name he just said the Colorado Trail and I was like dude I don't even remember that episode and then he was like it was with Scott Hughes and I was like oh yeah so um that Mm -hmm. worked out well because I would not have remembered what episode that was when you just said that there if I hadn't had that conversation yesterday but um (laughs) anyways you've also done like a lot of like ultra running and like ultra marathons and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then, so what was it, 2020 I did the JMT, 2021 I did the Colorado Trail, and then in 2022 I was a little bit burnt out of through hiking, which sounds really funny when that was only like, you know, a combination (laughs) of like 600 miles. No, it's fair though, it's fair. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, okay, I want to switch it up a little bit, so I kind of banged out basically all of like the major Cascade volcanoes like Rainier Hood baker and all those and then also signed up for a hundred mile ultra which i finished with 30 minutes to spare from the car oh wow oh shit (laughs) yeah dude it was it was crazy but i i essentially what i did was i actually because i hate running obviously dude you ran a hundred miles what the what are you talking about (laughs) exactly exactly but the thing was, is I was using all of the mountaineering, like Rainier and all those things, like as my training for the hundred miler. Mm-hmm. So I was really only running like three days a week, but like on the weekends, I would just do like these huge days. Like we did Rainier like in a day in 20.5 hours or something. And it was like, you know, you got the no sleep deprivate or the sleep deprivation, yeah. the whole, that whole thing that I knew I was going to need for the hundred. So I really think that was a huge hack for me was like doing these big, big days in the mountain. Interesting. See, I wasn't sure what direction you were going to take that. I wasn't sure if you were going to say like, I wish I had just strictly stuck to trail running um, because 
you know, the actual race itself is, you know, right. trail running, obviously. Um, it's not quite the same scenario, but um, one of my good friends and hiking partner, Flossie, who's been on the show a bunch, been on a lot of the videos, he um, he ran an ultra back in September of 2021. It was not 100 miles. It was just barely over a normal marathon, if I recall, maybe like 27 miles or something. And he did quite a bit of running, but he also did quite a bit of just like regular hiking and backpacking to get ready. And I think he wishes that he had done more just like straight up trail running to prepare for that. So that's, see, I wasn't yeah. sure what direction you were going to take that. If you're going to say like, oh, I wish I had done more running, but it sounds like it actually kind of helped there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, like through hiking is such a great mechanism like training mechanism for ultras because when i when i did the jmt in 2020 i actually came back and got broken up with right so i was like on this like you know tear of just like physicality stuff and i was doing jujitsu at the time as well and i actually ended up tearing my bicep like two months after the jmt like in october and so i was like well i can't do that anymore right now so i actually ended up just signing up for my first 50k ultra like a month later Cause I was like, gosh, I feel still really strong from the JMT, just like the zone one heart rate, slow twitch muscle fibers and all that. And yeah, it completed that really with no problem. And so that was kind of like my first foray into it. But like through hiking is so good for ultras. And matter of fact, like that, uh, what's his name? Mac from halfway anywhere. He's got mm-hmm. like that blog. I see he actually flew to Oregon and did the Cascade Lakes 100, which is about a month after mine. And that was his first ultra as well. And so I, I think it really does go to show you that when you when you do these through hikes and things like you're training perfectly for like something like a hundred mile ultra. Interesting. That's kind of encouraging to hear, to be honest, because I mean, obviously, I've done a lot of through hiking, but I've never done an ultra like I really haven't even trail ran more than maybe like 10 or 15 miles max. But it's not something I'm actively planning for, but it is something that I would like to do. I would like to do an ultra for sure. And I've always wondered about that, like how much prep or sorry how how much does a a lot of experience like through hiking kind of prepare you for something like that so that's interesting honestly that's interesting but but it does sound like you were like training as far as like running you know as well obviously yeah yeah for sure like i think a big thing too is uh heart rate monitor stuff like that i really got into at that point as well one book that i would definitely recommend is the uphill athlete Oh my gosh, they have really good training logs and things like that. But yeah, I mean, like the biggest thing between like, obviously like a a through hike and, and and a hundred mile ultra is like, or like, there's so many similarities, like, you know how to fuel yourself on a, on a through hike, right? That's like a very important part. And so that's a very important part in an ultra as well. But like, it's a little bit different because you kind of need a little bit more sugar and stuff. Like, whereas like you could, you know, at least for me, I can eat like a lot of fats and just regular carbs, like on a through hike. Whereas like on the back end of my ultra, I was just the only thing I could keep down because your stomach gets just so upset because all of your blood's rushing to your extremities to run as opposed to like a through hike, you're going still slow enough where Mm -hmm. you can still eat, you know? And I was just, all I was eating for the last like back 50 was coca-cola wow <laughs> that's all i could i was just that's all i could get was like and that was that my calories and my sugars but like that's all i could keep down so it was really interesting but yeah i mean i think it's just i think it's great i would love to see you see you do like start with like a 50k i think you'd crush it yeah oh i would not be jumping into 100 <laughs> i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. even know if i would ever i don't know i i guess yeah i should start with 
something smaller. I would like to though, at some point. Um, I just feel like I get this thing where it it doesn't really happen to me when I'm through hiking for some reason, but just in regular life, like I'm, I'm primarily like getting out in like the, like three seasons. I don't really do too much in the winter. I ski, but I don't like, um, I don't hike and run and stuff. But um, I always find that like spring will come around. I'll start to like, I'll try to start slow and like ramp up my mileage, both like hiking. And I've been doing some trail running too, although nothing, you know, nothing crazy. And I'll ramp up my mileage. And then after like a month, this happened, this has happened like every freaking summer for like the past couple summers. Like after like a month, I'll just get like some little injury, like nothing like major. Uh, It's not, I'm not breaking my freaking leg or anything like that, but it'll just be some nagging injury that'll make me be like, okay, I need to like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here. And then by the time it, I feel like it's fully healed and I'm like a hundred percent again, like I've lost all that progress. And so I just, I, I feel like it'd be tough for me to, I don't even, this isn't even a question for you, but like, I just feel like it'd be tough for me to do the the training necessary in order to run an ultra like that but then again i've gone out and i've hiked plenty of 20 30 mile days even and so how here's here's a question how in your experience because i'm sure you've done the same what's the difference between hiking say in a context of a through hike you know you have your, your gear and stuff um what's the difference between hiking say a 25 mile day a 30 mile day and doing it when you're you know competing running whatever ultra stuff yeah oh yeah that's a good question well definitely the time right it's gonna take a long long time when you're when you're hiking that compared to, to running i think for like in pain wise your feet hurt a lot worse on a long hiking day compared to like you're just your entire like lower body on a, you know, a long, <laughs> long run like that, so particularly like your knees and stuff. And like, yeah. it's actually like hard to, to go to sleep as well after that, because you're just kind of really, really sore. Whereas like, you know, you're pretty zonked out after a long hike like that, for the most part, you can usually oh, yeah. uh, go to sleep and then you can, by the next day, it's like, you've had all that time off your feet and you're ready to go hike again. Yeah. Right. It's like, right. And so, Whereas running, it's like, okay, that takes like a few days to recover for sure. So yeah, that's like the biggest thing. But like, obviously, but being in competition and same with hiking too is like, for me is like, if I can find like, one thing that I do in my ultras is like, I latch on to to someone to have a conversation with so I can pass the miles like super Mm. quickly. And I do the same thing like with through hiking too sometimes, although typically I like to go solo because I don't really like to be married to somebody on the trail per se. You know what I'm saying? Like, because then if they get off, I have to get off and, the, you know, this yeah, whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And so I'd rather just meet somebody on there and then just talk with them or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, it's the same thing with like the ultra scene as well. And that just really clicks the miles by compared to being solo. Yeah, that's interesting. You're giving me a lot of stuff to think about for sure. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll do any races this year, but maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah, I got you some. got it. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to. Like, trust me. Um, I got to figure out a way to train properly. And, and like, I hear you talking about like heart rate and like nutrition, and, and like I haven't done any fucking research into that stuff. So I got a lot to learn for sure. But I don't know. I do know people that are like very strong hikers, and you know, have done some trail running. You know, maybe like ten to fifteen ish mile kind of trail runs and some longer days, but more maybe hiking that have gone and, and, and done ultras, not a hundred milers, but 
you know, 30 miles or whatever and made it out. All right. So I feel like, I feel like I got it in me. I feel like I want to, but it's just, well, if you think about it like this, man, it's like a, a 50 K, right. That's like, you're starting pretty much ultra where it's like 31 miles. It's like, just think of it as it's a long hiking day. That's all it is. And then you, and you don't even have a pack on. I know so, that's, you know, you could, you know, you can walk it. Yeah. So you could definitely sure as heck run it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could, and, and there, here's a really cool thing about ultras. You're definitely not running the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, especially I was going to say, cause dude, I, ones. Yeah. I can't run uphill. Like I can hike uphill <laughs> fast yep. and aggressively, but I cannot run uphill. So that I, that's my understanding is like, I mean, I think it's my understanding anyways, you can correct me if I'm wrong. On a lot of these races, there's no way that like most of these people are straight up running on the uphills, right? Right. Yeah. Most unless you're like elite, right? Like you, you're going to be doing that. But most of the time, what a lot of people are doing are is is what's called just power hiking. So mm-hmm. they basically like imagine them have their they have their hands on their on their knees and they're just like kind of pumping them forward as they're yeah. accelerating uphill. Okay. And that's again where a through hiker has a lot of advantage because you were so like used to like having a pack on our back going uphill at that same exact speed except now you don't have a pack on Mm -hmm. you know you're 30 pounds less 35 pounds less which is definitely nice i i that's what i do pretty much when i try to trail run uphill i do the power hiking thing Mm -hmm. um and you know i do the the hands on the legs that whole that whole thing so yeah i think i think i got it in me but um Anyways, dude, so let's step let's step back a little bit. How did so you're doing all this stuff, you're doing freaking Rainier, you're doing ultras, through hikes. Where did all this start? Like um one of the questions I was gonna ask is whether trail running or through hiking came first, but it kinda sounds like through hiking did, yeah? Exactly. Cloud Splitter Coffee. That's the sponsor of this episode, and I'm so excited to tell you guys all about them. Cloud Splitter is owned by Billy Rudd, a veteran who is also a Northeastern Peak Bagger, Appalachian Trail section hiker, and an ultra marathoner. I've had the chance to speak with Billy quite a bit over the past few weeks. He's awesome, and so is Cloud Splitter's coffee. It's so freaking good, dude. In fact, I'm really hoping you all respond well to this sponsorship. So Cloud Splitter will want to do more sponsorships so I can get more coffee sent to me. Their Ridgeline Roast, which is like a medium roast, is so amazing. As soon as I opened up the bag, I smelled it and I just knew it was going to be sick. And when I tasted it, it all lived up to the hype. Let me tell you, they actually don't roast their coffee until you order it. So you know it's going to be as fresh as any coffee that you've ever tried. Oh, and also I gave some to my father who is like a huge coffee snob, much more of a coffee snob than I am. And he loved it. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, this this coffee is so legit and what's also really legit about it is actually the design of the bag which i know that might not mean much for you guys without being able to see it but just trust me when you see the bag you can tell that this is a company that is just all about hikers you gotta see it for yourself cloud splitter coffee is ethically sourced and expertly roasted keeping you caffeinated satisfied and of course outside a portion of every sale goes to outdoor causes so you can make your mark while you leave no trace and trail tales listeners are going to get a special 10 percent discount when they enter the coupon code trail 10 
That is the word trail and the number 10 at checkout on cloudsplittercoffee.com. One more time, use the code trail10 at cloudsplittercoffee.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Guys, go show some support to this awesome brand. It's amazing coffee. Cloud Splitter Coffee for the love of the grind. I asked pretty much everybody this question. Like, how did you first learn about through not even like when you decided to through hike but how did it first like come across your radar yeah that's a great question thanks for asking that because it makes me reminisce and honestly we were talking a little bit before this because i was i was kind of throwing around like wanting to do the pct and i kind of have the same feeling that i have now about the pct that i did when i first kind of discovered through hiking in about 2019 and what i actually did was i read it was called through hiking will break your heart by Carrot Quinn. Yeah, I, I haven't that. read it, yeah. but I've, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I read that, and then I was actually following Ib Tat, his uh, fucking PCT Tat hike. dude. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. He, and dude, I actually met him on the CT. He was coming Sobo on the CDT. I was leaving Breckenridge, and we crossed paths, talked to him for like a half hour. He was a really cool guy. But well, f- full circle thing, you know. Yeah, but. Anyway, so yeah, I like in 2019, I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, well, actually my first thought was like, I'm going to do, a, I'm going to run a marathon because I had ran like a half marathon a few years before or something. Right. And so I started training for this marathon and then I was like, I started reading those things and watching those videos of like, no, I'm going to do a hundred mile hike of on a section of the PCT. Okay. That's what I want to do. Cause I was in Oregon and I kind of live there by uh, near Bend, I guess, on the PCT. That would be like the closest part there. To mm-hmm. me. But and so I was like, I'm going to do a section there. So I did a section. Absolutely loved it. Did another 160 or something the a couple weeks later. And then that's what made me catch the bug. And then the next year was the JMT, then the CT. And then that's kind of how everything kind of fed into one another. And... Yeah, but like to be honest with you, man, like, and I don't know why that was, but like after the CT, I just got kind of burnt out. And I was like, oh man, like I got to do, I think it's because though, like I had a job mm-hmm. at that time, like a nine to five, and like the CT was such a blur. Like I did it in like 22 days. Yeah, so like, dude, I know that struggle. Like I'm sure a lot of people listening do as well. It's like you got, you want to do it, but like you got to fit it in with the schedule and everything. Yeah. And, and yeah, I definitely, it definitely, it's still worth it. I, I'm sure you would agree, but it's mm-hmm. it definitely kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's not as good as just being free, you know? Yeah. You don't feel free. Yeah. I mean, like you, you feel free, but like it not, but in the back of your mind, like subconsciously, you're like, yeah, I got to get this done. So I don't mm-hmm. get fired. <laughs> yep. So yep. yeah, th- that's where I was. And, but now that I am basically, you know, my own boss. And so I'm like, man, why don't I just do the PCT and I can make content there and you know, take some zero days and upload some stuff and I think we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, a little bit, I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago about meeting meeting IBTAT because I had a kind of a similar thing too. It's been told on the show before, but it's been a long time. Um, I met IBTAT on my AT through hike before I even had the podcast, before the YouTube and everything. And I didn't, I hadn't even watched his videos, but I had just seen him on Instagram and I like knew who he was and stuff. And 
I met him and I was like picking his brain a little bit about content. And cause I, I had the idea to start the podcast like right after I got home from the AT. And so I was telling him, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to start this podcast or whatever. And so I was kind of picking his brain and he was like, yeah, whatever dude. Like, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I did. And then he's now he's been on the show. It's been a while now, but he's been on the show a couple of times. And so also a little bit full circle kind of moment, but pretty funny really he's the cool man dude he's yeah, he's yeah, man really i gotta get cool him back dude. on i haven't talked to him for a while now but man he's he's cool so um anyways so jmt was first yeah i think you said yeah that thing was that was a nobo northbound of the jmt so it was like i was i was like to tell people it was 30 miles more than the regular jmt the southbound jmt okay so yeah <laughs> Can you talk about that a little but, bit more? Because I don't really know this distinction. Yeah. I don't know a ton about the JMT, honestly, besides I've heard it's really hard to get a permit and shit. And I guess I did right. a good chunk of it last summer. But um, why, so why is Nobo longer? Yeah, so Nobo is easier to get permits, but it's longer. Because southbound out of Yosemite and then you end in Mount Whitney is like the traditional route. But going northbound, you actually have to enter in at what a place is called Horseshoe Meadows. And then you climb up to the PCT at, I forget what pass it is up there. And then you go north and then you summit Whitney and then you go to Forrester and all of Glen and all of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're actually starting at like the super high elevation stuff first, whereas southbounders work up to the elevation and oh my gosh man i was so walloped like the first <laughs> three days oh my gosh that sounds pretty so, brutal oh i was like it was just punched in the face from the altitude like i mean i climbed whitney on my second day and came down and i didn't leave my tent from like 4 30 p.m to like the next morning you know and i was gonna I say like feeling, jumping yeah. right into whitney like that must have been Bro, pretty tough well, and then the worst part of this whole thing is, is the jam, well, especially northbound, is the resupply options were terrible. So, dude, I was carrying, you're not going to believe this, I was carrying eight and a half days of food and a bear can. Fuck. Okay. Damn. Eight and a half days of food, dude. My pack was so heavy. That it sounds awful. I was actually going to yes. ask you about that because just from going through there on the PCT, in prime through hiker shape at that point, mind mm -hmm. you, like even then, like the resupply was tough. I mean, actually... Come to think of it, it wasn't eight days, but I did my longest food carry ever going through there, right. and plus the bear can. So, dude, eight days of food? <laughs> oh, man. That it is... was so brutal, dude. Yeah. So, because, you know, you could get off at Kearsarge Pass, but that was like an extra basically day. Yeah, to get out that's there what we did. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pain. It was a pain in the ass. Exactly. So, I just went from Horseshoe to VVR, actually, and... Oh, it was a long, it was a long time. Actually, I ended up running out of like very near running out of food at the end. And actually a couple soboers actually like were giving me some food like towards the end there. Cause I was just like, it's dude, it's hard to plan out eight and a half days. Of yeah. I mean, my first, my first two days, I wasn't eating anything though. Cause of the altitude, like I couldn't eat dinner or any of that. But then like the hiker hunger started coming. And then I was just like eating everything, of course. And, and so then that kind of, that kind of became a problem. And, and so, yeah, but the JMT was great. I, and that's almost a, another reason why I want to do the PCT is because I want to go through that again. Yeah. Because yeah, it was just, it was great. It was great. Yeah. And then 
after uh, VVR, I'm trying to remember here. I could be wrong. Would would Mirror Ranch or whatever it's called? Was that your next resupply? No. So I, dude, I only resupply. So MTR was actually before VVR by about a day for me. Oh, and okay. I only resupplied one time. On Damn, the dude, that's insane. <laughs> I went VVR to all the way to the end. Yeah, I mean, got a big, big ass burrito at red's meadow for like 20 bucks i'm like okay i'll grab another one though and so <laughs> i grabbed a couple of those but yeah other than that it was i mean that's the other thing about the sierra like as you know dude it's so isolated i mean yeah. you, i mean i would always think too like i would get phone service at the top of those passes or something oh never. no no shot never <laughs> that was like the least amount of service i had on my entire pct excursion like right straight up i lost so many snap streaks you have no idea no just kidding um i did lose i did lose one but it's okay um but like dude it, like kearsarge pass like i was i, I was like planning out the resupply bef- like a, a, a little bit before i got there when i was like at the end of the desert and like you know at style the at is so easy to resupply on um pretty much the only time where it's a kind of tricky is when you're in the hundred mile wilderness, which is right at the end of the trail. If you're going Nobo, like most people do, but like everything else is super, super easy. Three to four days straight shot into town, easy to hitch, no problems at all. And most of the PCT is like that too, but maybe longer food carries, but I'm looking at this first section of the Sierras and I'm like, dude, there's nowhere i was like i was like reading articles on it and shit and it's like yeah so you're gonna want to take the kearsarge pass trail out seven miles and then you'll get seven miles off the pct and then you'll get to a trailhead it's not like you're at a road at that point where it's like a straight shot and then you then you go to a trailhead and then you have to get a ride from the trailhead and you have to get down into independence but there's nothing there you can't resupply there either so then when you're in independence you got to hitch either north or south to lone pine or bishop or whatever i was like dude this is this is insane and so that's what we ended up doing but man like i feel you i i didn't quite have to carry eight days worth of food but like i feel you on how tricky it is to resupply through there it's it's a trip for sure <laughs> but it's beautiful dude, you, it's worth it <laughs> you laid that out so perfectly and that's exactly why i didn't i didn't want to resupply there but yeah i mean what what month did you end up going through there on the pct by the way i think it was oh god um i think it was late june i think something like that no no s- snow issues or weather issues or anything nice um which i know that depends year to year a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah i think it was like late june maybe yeah yeah it must have been late june because then when i got to mammoth we were there on the fourth of july so i remember that nice. for sure so yeah it was late june i guess into early july so it was not it was nuts dude i want to go back there so bad but like damn <laughs> yeah i i wonder i'm really wondering what it's gonna look like for the the north founders this year with oh so yeah much snow. i know i don't even like i've had a, a couple people reach out to me and ask like pct hikers and ask since i did it last year like for advice about this and i'm not gonna lie i mean i'm an east coaster so mm-hmm. i don't yeah of course i hiked through there but that was the only time i've ever been there so i don't even I don't even really know what to say, but yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be dicey for sure. I just hope everybody's making smart decisions and and being safe about it because it's like that can be pretty crazy. Yeah, because I mean it's just so far from anything, dude. I know, and like there is a lot of foot traffic, obviously, at least on the PCT JMT. But like, yeah, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone's carrying a freaking um 
a uh, like a Garmin or a, a spot or something with an SOS button just in case through there. Because like I said, and, and like Chad said, you're not going to have any service. <laughs> no shot. No shot. <laughs> I remember. I still remember the first time I got service in the Sierra. It was towards the end. I think it was like a day or the day before we got to Mammoth, and like yeah. I had read a comment on Far Out being like, "Oh, there's like service at the spot," and I was like so pumped. And of course, I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like you finally get service, and your phone just starts blowing up. I got DMs, Snapchats, freaking everybody from the past like however many days. And <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, my my phone was actually the opposite. I did really didn't have that much, and I was a little bit depressed. I was like, oh no, wow, I guess nobody really cares. <laughs> you're texting. You're like, hey mom, I'm still alive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Don't worry, don't worry about me. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, damn, dude. Um, so the Colorado Trail, did you say the next year after that, after the JMT? Yeah, Colorado Trail was the next year. <clears throat> I was really thinking about the long trail, but I was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do the CT because I really wanted to do the CT and our my work was still kind of under like the COVID protocol basically thing where we were working in office or not working outside of office rather. Mm-hmm. And so we were like working remotely. Our caseloads were down and things. And so I basically was like, to the boss I was like hey look like I I feel like this is my last chance to do this working and we're really low right now I feel like I you know whatever and so she was cool let me go and yeah just started just started <laughs> rolling through Colorado and getting dumped on by the monsoon season I really Ooh. came to understand what monsoon season is which is quite incredible I mean I I didn't take it as serious as I thought it was going to be. And yeah, man, it was wicked. It was a wicked time. What time of year? I see. I've only hiked in Colorado once and it was in the fall. So I didn't really have to worry about that. What It's like summer. I'm assuming just like prime, yeah. like monsoon. Yeah, apparently. I mean, it was June 30th. I started okay. So basically through July, but talking to locals, they were like, yeah, like this, this pattern has been weird. The storms have been lasting for like several hours where usually it's like, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, towards the end of the CT, I I had been getting rained on and stormed on quite often, like every other day type of thing. Or, you know, you were hearing hearing thunder and all this stuff. Or sometimes even at night, one time when I was in the high country at night, it was just like lightning and thunderstorming and i'm just out in the open by myself i'm like oh my god dude that dude. scares the shit people that listen to the show on the regular know mm-hmm. like lightning is like probably my biggest fear when it comes to mm-hmm. to backpacking 100, oh man 100 percent. so so this actually so get this the second to last day i'm on the ct and i get up to this ridge and as i'm getting up to this ridge i literally record an instagram story and i'm like oh yeah it looks like the storm is moving back over this way i think i'll be good you know and and i put my phone away and as i'm at the top of this like little saddle about to descend to the trees it's you know it's completely open up there i, I meet some bikers mountain bikers because it's a big the, the colorado trail is also a, like a mountain bike yeah area as well yeah really cool and so dude so these bikers look at the clouds and they're like they like talk to each other like, all right, well, let's let's get out of here. You know, yeah, let's get the it's fuck like the out of coming. here. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, you know, they're in front of me and they just bomb it down there. Right. You know, they're freaking halfway to Whoville at this point. And I'm like still basically on the ridge. And I'm just like, ah, I think it's going to be fine. But then all of a sudden, just like, boom, like a, a 
thunder comes and then just like the wind picks up and I'm like, oh dude, this isn't good. And so I like, I grab my raincoat out and the wind's picking up and all of a sudden it starts hailing, sleeting. And I have this on video on, on my YouTube and I'm just running for the trees because I'm so high still. And I'm just running for the trees. Like running, running off trail? No, running down the trail, but I'm gr- trying to get to the trees because I was in the high country still. Mm. So I'm like getting down. It was like half mile to these trees and I'm running as fast as I can. And I'm just in this hail, lightning, everything's crashing around me. So I get under this tree and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like wait out the storm here. Right. And this tree is going to provide protection. Well, <laughs> it was raining so hard that the tree just soaks through basically yeah and it's just like everything's dripping on me so i pull out my tyvek <laughs> sheet and i basically like wrap that as like my shelter around me and i just get even more soaked just and it's cold and it's thundering and it's lightning and it's just like dude it's like right over me and this continues for an hour and i'm like i don't know what to do at this point and so now i can't even like i had a long sleeve shirt on too one of those columbia silver ridges and i had it buttoned up as a short sleeve and i dude my hands I was so cold that like I couldn't undo that button. Oh man. To, yeah. It was like one of those things that I'm like, okay, dude, like I need to like just start walking or hiking. Cause I like, I'm going to go hypothermic. Here. Yeah. So I just like start walking and it's still like raining. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't care. And you know, eventually like the storm moves away. And again, it was like two hours before, like, again, I had any control over my hands. I just like, I couldn't do anything. I was just like, there's no, if anybody thinks that they're going to start a fire when they're like hypothermic, like try to flick a lighter, like it's not going to happen. It's just not, you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's no dexterity there. And so, yeah, that was really interesting. Like my second <laughs> to last day that happened. Oh man, you're and, so close to the end too. You're probably kind of over yeah. it. Just ready to be, ready to be warm and dry oh, and, and fed. <laughs> yep. Totally dude. And so that was, that was a heck of a thing, which yeah, and then I, we were kind of talking uh, on Instagram before, which kind of led into the Wind River High Route, which was the next year, which was last year. Which have you ever have you heard of high routes before? Yeah, they've been talked about a little bit on the show. I've never done one. I honestly don't know too much about them. I have heard of the well. I don't know if I've heard of the Wind River High Route specifically. There's probably somebody listening to the show that's been like, "Dude, there's an ep- there's an episode like ten episodes ago where someone told you exactly <laughs> about it." I've heard of the Wind River range. Um, I know the CDT goes through there and stuff, but I I don't know if I've heard of that exact route uh, specifically. So so essentially, like a high route is off trail travel, essentially, right? Where you're just basically picking your way through ridges on a kind of route, essentially. And so this was during monsoon season in Wyoming. Now, me and my buddy went the next day or the next year, and we did Andrew Skirka's version of the Wind River High Route, which. Dude is gnarly. You know him. I mean, he's he's gnarly. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So this thing was just so gnarly, and we ended up just getting crushed by thunder, lightning again, and we ended up bailing on that like halfway through because it was just like, <laughs> dude, it was only the the crazy thing is just like it was ninety eight miles, right? But it was gonna take us seven. Like we packed enough food for like six and a half days, but like we're like we're not gonna make this in six and a half days because. It, it was taking us all morning to go two and a half miles Damn. just trying to pick your way through these boulder fields and stuff. So anyway, that's on my list to tackle again. But man, was that tough. That was that's a trip. You, those high roads are a trip. 
And that shit's got to be super remote out there too. I mean, it's a it's it's an off trail route, so obviously, I'm sure you're not seeing anybody. But <laughs> like, exactly. I know like th- there can't be like that many people hiking in the winds either. It's it's not quite as well traveled as Colorado. Am I am I am I right? Am I totally. wrong? No, you're totally right. I mean, you do like at the first part of it, you go through the circ of the towers where there's some climbers and stuff, and then we did see some CDTers. But like our first two days were the most we saw the most people, which is only like a handful of people. And then the next subsequent days would have been where you're going over, like you're crossing glaciers and this and that, like in the middle of nowhere near Gannett peak, which is like Wyoming's high point and stuff. And I was just like, dude, I am not feeling this. Like, <laughs> like we are going to just get crushed by this. Like, and we're going to run out of food. So that was like a whole adventure on itself to try to get to our car because it was an out and back or no, oh. it was not an out or a, a point to point rather. And yeah. so, <laughs> So our buddy, so I came with a buddy that came with me from Seattle. We flew there, went to Salt Lake, got a rental car, whatever. But my other buddy came from Ohio. Oh, <laughs> so, no. But then what happened? So he, uh, we had to leave one car at the end, and then we had to drive all the way back to the starting trailhead. Well, he ended up getting COVID right before the hike. <laughs> so he, he couldn't go. So it's just me and my other buddy, which was you know a buzzkill. And so then he drives all the way back to Ohio. So we obviously can't, we had to somehow get to our rental car at the end of the, at the end of the hike. So we're hitching all over Wyoming (laughs) for like a couple days to get back to Du Bois. And yeah, so that was, that was a great story too there, but yeah, Wind River High Route, man, I got a bone to pick with it, but it's tough. It's really tough. (laughs) Yeah. You'll go back. I mean, especially if you're living in Wyoming now, shit. I mean, it's gotta be on your radar. Like you said. Yeah. I think so like there's a so there's Skirka's version and then there's Allen's version of it, which Allen's kind of goes southbound, I believe, and it's 80 miles and it's a little bit less rugged. That's the one I'm going to start with because high routes are just a different beast in and of itself. Like it's just they're just a lot of scrambling, a very slow. It's just like it's not like hiking on a trail. And and but that's why I like it, but also kind of why it's intimidating. Yeah, it sounds super intimidating, um, especially for someone like myself who hasn't really hiked out west that much. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I would I I don't know if I would I don't think I would tackle like an entire high route my first time. I think I would probably just I don't even know if this would be possible. Probably somewhere I would I'd probably want to go for like, you know, maybe two nights in that kind of terrain yeah. just to get used to it a little bit. Cause I haven't really I, done I, much off trail stuff to be honest. hundred percent. I got one for you. It's called the Alpine lakes high route. And that is in the North cascades in Washington, which okay. I'm sure you, what did you, did you end up going through the North, some of the North cascades? You know, in Washington? I'm not exactly sure where they start and end. I got off right. at uh Stevens pass. Leavenworth okay, yeah. area. So, yeah. Yeah. So you would have been through, through a lot of that stuff there. So, yeah, it's around that area, actually, the Alpine Lakes High Route. And that's like 24 miles or something like that. That's a really good place to start with one of them. Yeah, that might be Yeah, that might be a good starting starting one. I got to finish the freaking PCT before I <laughs> worry about that. I got to run an ultra marathon. I got to do a high <laughs> yeah. route. Dude, what else? What else? 100 miles. I don't think I'm going to do a 100-mile run. Dude, how the, how the fuck do you run 100 100- miles like i saw your yeah. your um your clip on instagram of you at the very end of that and like oh. i thought you were about to die bro i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> I, I literally thought you were about to double over and freaking die like that's insane 100 how do you run 100 miles dude 
Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I think like the first thing is like you, uh, I don't know. It's just like the PCT though. It's like, I mean, no, I look not. at that right now, <laughs> no, it's I, I, dude. I think like the PCT is like the like to me like a long through hike like that is, man. It's like, what? How would I call it? It's just like every day, like you have the, you probably have thoughts to stop and. and it's kind of like a, a war of attrition, right? Where it's like every day you have like these little things that like could make you stop and make you stop and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like the PCT to me is like on a scale that's larger than a 100 because the 100 is encapsulated. I mean, it took me, what was it? 30 hours or 32. I can't remember how long it was, but like, yeah, that's a long freaking day. Yeah. But like I can put up with that pain for a day for 32 hours or whatever. But like, on a through hike, man, that's like every day for three, four months. And so like, to me, I'm like, gosh, like that is, that's very respectable right there. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. The hundred is, is, I think it's just working up to it with running smaller ultras first. Yeah. And then, but my largest one before that was a 50 miler. And it was kind of crazy to think like, oh my God, I would have to go 50 more miles, (laughs) which is absolutely insane. Yeah. But but I think like the biggest thing for me was actually my parents flew out for this. They're uh, they're in Wisconsin. That's where I'm originally from. And they came out and they were doing the crewing for me, them and my girlfriend. And then I had some buddies come out and that like made a huge difference because, you know, like when you're on a through hike and you have like a really good day or like you're crushing it or even you finish mm-hmm. and your family's never there. Right. Like it's it's just like you and like your buddies or like your friends or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. like this was really freaking cool because like every aid station I would get to, they were all there. And that was like really kind of keeping me in the game. It was really special. And and so, yeah. And then like one other kind of tool I like to use, too, that's a little more specific is like I didn't listen to headphones or I didn't use my headphones to like mile, I think, 80 or so. And okay. I was just kind of like using it as this tool to, to and like this carrot that I had to like get to and kind of like reward myself. And cause like, if I was like, shit, if I started listening to music right away, like there would be no, nothing to look forward to. Yeah. So you need to, and, and just like those small wins on a through hike, you have to kind of like get to like those small wins. And so like just breaking it down, aid station to aid station. And just like the PCT, not thinking about the, the end, it's yeah. just like the next thing. Right. That makes that makes a lot of sense. The, your last point there especially really resonated with me because that is like the way that I've always tackled the longer hikes is like you can't think too much about the end because mm-hmm. so interesting aid station to aid station. All right. Yeah. It's kind of yep. it's kind of funny the way you kind of talk about a through hike in in saying that that seems like um how do I phrase this? You almost made it sound like that that's like a you know, pretty like difficult thing that you would like to mm-hmm. achieve someday. And and it's kind of the opposite for me with the running. Like I'm not phrasing this well, but um, like I've done a long, a couple long through hikes. And so like, that seems like it's not easy, but like that seems attainable to me. But then when mm-hmm. I think about running a hundred miles in one shot, that seems like impossible or, or maybe not impossible, yeah. but just like super difficult. And it's almost like the opposite for you where it's like, you've done the hundred miles, but you haven't done like the long, 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 long through hike yet. And so like, that seems like super difficult. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic there. I don't know. 
that is that is hilarious yeah and it's just it's just simply probably because we we just each haven't done it yet so yeah it's exactly like, it's just all about what experiences you've had you know mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of yeah. interesting um but yeah I, man i i like i said dude i totally respect like what you've done with the at and pct like that is that's some that's some badass stuff right there i appreciate that um you can do it like straight up i i threw hiked the uh long trail that was like my first like proper through hike and i still like to this day believe that if you can do like a 200 300 mile trail like that you can do one of the long 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 i mean shit there's plenty of people that have never even backpacked before let alone done you know a 200 mile trail that go on and through hike the at or the pct or whatever successfully but especially if you've done like a shorter a couple shorter through hikes like that um and i know the colorado trails even a little bit longer like dude you're you're in good shape. It's, it's would, it, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What would you say is the biggest like difference, obviously, between like a, like a smaller through hike compared to the bigger bigger one, besides obviously like the mileage? Um, it's all the... It, I mean, predictably, it's all like the mental, you know? It's just like the fact that you're out there for so long um, and the end is just like never in sight until the very end obviously of the hike <laughs> and so like that is so that's a, that's probably the the first thing that comes to mind and then also just like you have to sustain yourself for much longer and so you i mean there's you, you obviously have to be careful as far as like your health and your body um injuries and stuff when you're on shorter through hikes too but especially on a long through hike like that um you know there's some kind of things where say you're at the end of like a you know 300 mile through hike and your body's really beat up, but like you're so close, you can kind of like just drag yourself through the end. Mm-hmm. If you're on a longer, longer through hike, then obviously, you know, being 300 miles in and like barely getting by isn't going to cut it. Like you're not, it's not sustainable. And so you have to be mindful of that as well. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is just the mental and kind of going back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago. It's like, it's you. I, this is why I, dude. You, you're going to be able to do this because, like, you already have this mindset um, when it comes to the ultras and stuff. It's like, and you do experience this on shorter through hikes too, but it's just kind of on a whole nother level on the long ones. But yeah, you just you can't be thinking about the end. You cannot be thinking about the end. You really got to just take it instead of aid station to aid station, like you said. It's it's almost just town to town. Um, on the AT, you can kind of do state to state a little bit. Um, not so much on the PCT because you'd be if you're if you're thinking about getting to the end of california when you're you know in tehachapi still you're you're going to be kind of screwed but i think that's probably the uh those are the two things that come to mind anyways but um dude let's um let's talk about like let's talk about content a little bit this is what everyone wants to hear about no that's not true but uh, i am kind of curious whenever i get uh, like folks like yourself that do this for a living now um I don't know. It's 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 fun to talk about. This is something that I don't think this specific question has ever been talked about. Um, so you're a full time content creator now, yeah? Yes, yes. As of January nineteenth. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, man. So like, I'm doing that as well. And one thing that I've found that I'm kind of struggling with is when you're when you're calling the shots like purely for yourself, you set your own schedule. Like everything is you. I'm finding it kind of tricky because whenever I'm not working, I feel a little bit guilty. Guilty. Because like it's it's basically you get 
out of it what you put into it. It's not like a, a regular job where you show up and you do your hours and then the weekend comes or your time off comes and you can kind of put it out of your mind. Like this, it's like, it's quite literally, yeah, exactly what I said. Like you get out exactly what you put into it. So I don't know. Do you ever feel like guilty when you're not working? Yeah, bro. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it's, it? <laughs> oh, it, it's so bad. Like I even like, you know, this morning I actually went out and filmed some stuff for some brands and like my own stuff. And really you could consider that, that whole thing like work. Right. And I was kind of like doing some scrambling around on some rocks, but like I get up to the top of this like kind of peak thing and I was just like looking around and I was like, gosh, this is awesome. And then I was like, well, now I got to go home and edit it all. So I better, better roll now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like one of those things, man. And dude, uh, it's, I, I mean, I've talked to my girlfriend about this quite, quite often. It's Same. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, man. It's, it's like, I don't know how to shut it off. Really? I, I have you First of all, congratulations on on leaving your job because that's a huge step, right? I appreciate super risky, that. Or felt yeah. super risky at the yeah. time, right? Yeah. But but yo, I dude, I don't have an answer for you because it's like I literally just I don't really have any other hobbies besides doing <laughs> content creation and then just outdoor stuff. Like yeah. I like I said, I used to do jujitsu a lot of times or a lot, and now I'm like I kind of view things through the lens of is this going to help my business or not. Mm-hmm. And if it's a no, I usually cut it out. Like as as just kind of ruthless as that is, it's like anything though, like anything that I view as as not conducive to the business or what I'm doing in the outdoors, like I just cut it off. And I don't know if that's healthy or not, but like here's the thing, man. The reality is, is like to get where you know you have gotten to on YouTube, you have to be quite obsessed with oh, some yeah. of this stuff, right? For a long and, time too, for most people. And and it's like it's like, yes, that personality might, I guess, maybe lead to burnout at some point, but I've gotten close, you know, and, but yeah, I, I really don't, I don't know. I'm really talking in circles here. I don't really have an answer for you. I would love to know, like, are you doing anything for that? Or like, how, how dude, do you do I don't know, man. Also, I just want to acknowledge too, the irony of us complaining about our fucking dope jobs. Like on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> just to be clear, yeah. like, obviously yeah. like, you know, this is sweet and we're very, we're very lucky. Um, but dude, I don't know. Like I, I haven't really figured it out yet to be honest. Um, and, and, and the thing is with me too, I, it's not that I'm just always working either. It's not like, oh, you get out what you put in. And so you're just always working. It's not even that. Like I still have days where just like at my day job before where I would feel just unmotivated and probably wouldn't do that much, you know? And it's like, I still get that now all the time. Um, it comes in waves and stuff, but I still have those days and where I won't be that productive Mm -hmm. and it just, it just eats at you. It just, it it just eats at you. And so I, I haven't really figured it out. I will say, um, when I'm doing stuff with friends, then I can usually turn it off. Like if I'm Mm -hmm. out with other people and I'm not thinking about it and, uh, that that I've definitely been able to like get over the hurdle there with that like because I'm like oh I'm spending time with this person like creating memories doing whatever um, in those circumstances I don't really ever think about it or feel guilty about not working but when I'm just doing stuff by myself like yeah it's there it's it's hard <laughs> I love that though that's such a great point with like the friends type of thing to like kind of get you out of that I love that 
it, yeah. you know, some sometimes what I'll do too, like this winter is like I would on like a weekend or something, if it was if it was a nice weekend, like one of the days I would set as like filming stuff or content or whatever, and then like the next day I would like just stay in my rig, stay overnight in my rig, and then like the next day I would just like go ski tour with my buddies and like not really do anything for content. So I'd be like, okay, well I already got one day of filming in. That's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of need like a reset, but I was also watching one of these, a course and the guy was taught. It was really interesting. The guy was talking about, he's like, there's kind of two different types of entrepreneurs or, or, or um, self self-employed people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, uh, and it's like on a spectrum, but on one side you have like someone that wants a lot of accomplishment, right? Like they are, they're an accomplishment entrepreneur. And the other side is a lifestyle entrepreneur. And I, and if I think about like why I got into like self-employment in the first place, it was to create more freedom and time for myself to actually do the things I like to do. And so now like I'm trying to like stay in that lifestyle mindset of being like, okay, the re- the whole reason I did this was so I didn't have to work like, or I did, or I could do the things that I wanted to do feel good about them and have the time to do them. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm starting to like kind of cut back some things and like create like boundaries of like, okay, I I'm done working at this time or and stuff like that. And then like another thing that the course talked about was they're like, after about four or five hours of work in a day, your productivity just dives, takes like a huge hit. Oh yeah, and man. I feel that yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well knowing that like any amount of effort I put in after like this four or five hours is like kind of, not as effective so knowing that now has helped me a little bit like kind of turn things off a little bit but yeah man i mean it but like you said it's a great i love the job i would never i would never oh yeah want to go back to a like what i was doing before it scares me the thought of that it does right which let's be honest it's it's very likely that that will happen at some point but like yeah it's nah, i don't dude. i don't want to nah. <laughs> nah you know what was funny man is i i made a video about quitting and somebody oh, i'll never forget this youtube comment but they were like they're like there's gonna be days that there's gonna be a lot of days where you feel like you want to go back to the security of what you were doing before and they were like but never do it. <laughs> and I was nice. like, oh, I love that, man. So, nice. but you're right, man. Like, do you feel like for me, I feel like this is true for me, but like, do you feel like some of that is that fear of going back to that place is kind of what drives you a little bit too? Oh, dude, at the beginning, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. Like when I got, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but when I got back from the PCT, I mean, technically I was a full-time YouTuber, I guess, you know, in the spring of last year when I quit to go hike the PCT, but it didn't really feel like it until I got home from the PCT because I was hiking and that kind of felt like my primary focus, even though I was making content still. Um, so yeah, yeah. When I got home, I was like, well, here we go. I'm not bringing in really any money. And like, if I'm going to do this thing, it's going to happen now. So I did feel that a lot. I kind of felt like a fucking loser too, for a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Like, who am I? Like this, <laughs> This guy, and, and it's funny, it's it's super funny, but like, it, it like seriously, I kind of felt like a loser, yeah. like, uh, like who am I? Like, I don't have a job now. Like, w- what am I telling people? I was live, I was with my parents for like a month and a half too after I got home, so that that probably didn't help. Um, I love my parents, but and they were super yeah. supportive and everything, but you know, living living with mom and dad for a little bit, not having like a quote real job. I felt like a little bit, I was working hard, obviously making videos, but like, yeah, it felt like a little bit of a loser, but now. So 
um, I don't really feel, I don't really feel it quite as bad now. Um, obviously my channel's done pretty well the last few months, but, um, I think that if things were to like go back down, which they might, you never know with this stuff. Um, I think I would probably feel it a little bit more. It'd probably be good though. It'd probably give me, I've been kind of in like a funk lately where I feel like mm -hmm. I haven't, I've still been like putting out content and stuff. Although <laughs> the podcast is, I've been slacking a little bit on the podcast. Sorry, everybody. But, um, videos, I've still been putting out videos, but I don't know. I feel like I've just been kind of getting by. I, I, I don't know, but that's just how yeah. it goes. You go through ups and downs and, and it is what it is. And, and we're so lucky, dude. And, and it's been a, a lot of hard work on, um, like, you know, you have to work your ass off to get to a point where you're doing this full time. But like, I don't know, we're just very lucky too. And that's something I do try to think about all the time because like, man, this was my, this was my dream for a long time. This was the goal for a long time and I'm finally here. So very, very lucky. And, and I guess on that note, um, thank you so much to everyone who listens and who watches the videos and stuff. Cause couldn't have done it without you guys <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, YouTube is awesome to create on, isn't it? I mean, it, what a what a cool community. Like, I don't, I don't have nearly as many subs as you do on there, but number one, it's like my number one favorite platform to create on. For oh yeah, sure. And I here's the thing, man. Is like I love what you do with your long form videos because, like, I a lot of my stuff popped off with short form. But if you can create a long form video and hold retention, like you can 100% do that on a short form. And it's like, I feel like that's kind of like the pillar of, if you know how to do that, like you're just really, really good at like video editing and stuff like that. So that's awesome, man. And like the other part with YouTube is like, your thumbnails are killer, bro. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Like... <laughs> I put a lot of time into them. I put a lot wow. of time into them. Um, yeah, that's, that. whenever people ask me for YouTube advice, that's always my first thing is like, Dude, put put at least half the amount of time into your thumbnail that you did make in the video. Like seriously, I make I make probably an average of three thumbnails per video. And obviously you can only go with one, but like I'll make one and I'll be like, no, it's not good enough. And I'll make another one or I'll I'll change it. I'll make like a bunch of variations of the same thumbnail, like maybe change the text, change the outline a little bit and stuff. Like, yeah, dude, it's I appreciate, I appreciate that, dude. I put a lot of time into my stupid thumbnails. <laughs> no, dude, for sure. Like when, when you, when you upload a video, right. Are you looking at the CTR click through rate and like in like real time and then kind of swapping things yep. out or how, yep. do, how are That's, you doing that? Yeah. I started doing that, um, on the regular anyways, uh, a couple months ago and that it doesn't always help, but there have been a couple times where, yeah, I'll, I'll start with a thumbnail and it's not doing as well as I want and I'll switch it and all the, like almost instantly you'll start to notice a difference in terms of like the real time views and stuff. Um, yeah, it's folks, there's a lot that goes into this stuff. It, it people think like, Oh, like you're most people don't think this, but some people think like, Oh, you just make some stupid video, make a face like you're farting or whatever, put that in the <laughs> thumbnail and then, which is, kind of true but there's there's a lot that goes into it um anyways um dude we're getting towards the end here we gotta we gotta get back to trail stuff i don't know it's i hope people listening can understand like i don't get a chance to talk to people like chad who kind of understand this stuff very often so um it's nice to talk about i'm sure we could probably do like hours worth of youtube yeah. content uh oh actually i did have one more question about this real quick this one's a little more fun um unless us complaining about our amazing jobs um 
Does it bother you when people call you an influencer? Yes. It does? Yeah. See, this is something yeah, that's yeah. always so funny because, like, I mean, I've been called everything, a YouTuber, influencer, content creator, whatever. I feel like everyone kind of has, like, a preferred name for it. But, like, I've nine out of ten times when someone <laughs> refers to themselves as an influencer in a video or something, they preface it with, like, oh, I hate this word, but, like, I guess I'm an influencer or whatever. You know, you like, you know that whole spiel. So, I think yeah. I thought that was kind of a funny question if it bothers you and yeah. people call you an influencer. Yeah, it's it's just kind of cringy, right? It's, it's so like, cringe, yeah. yeah. It's so cringe, and so I I like just saying creator or content creator. I, that's like my preferred, that's my preferred title or label or whatever. But it, yeah. it is funny, dude. Like, <laughs> have you ever like because I'm always you know I'm on YouTube, Instagram, all this stuff that I'm working for brands doing this, and like I'll go and like the other day I was like doing something for updating my business insurance, and they're like, so what's your title? And I'm like. Huh. That's a great question, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. I do this and that. And I was like, I don't know, outdoor media. And he's like, okay, sounds good, you know. But it is hard one. to like kind of put a yeah. I, I kind of like that too. That's kind of what I have after my name on Instagram. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. This, you know, you wear a lot of hats when I mean you're especially you know when you're owning your own business you're, you're wearing a lot of hats of you're doing you know you're making the videos you're researching your t- thumbnails you're dealing with accounting you're you know it's a lot of stuff so it's like what am i i guess i don't know <laughs> who knows but you're killing it whatever you are dude you're killing it and um you're doing some badass badass stuff out in the mountains too um on that note look, we're getting to the end of the episode here we do a story at the end of these episodes um, I gave, I gave Chad like a little bit of heads up, like a couple hours heads up, not as much as I probably should have, but I'll, I'll own that. But it sounds like you have a story. Yeah, I do. I, okay. I have a story. So this is, <laughs> I guess, kind of about the serendipity of the trail. Okay. So, you, you know, you always hear about the trails magic and this and that. Right. And so here's my story around that. So in 2020, this was before the John, John Muir trail. I was in Bend, Oregon, which you probably are maybe familiar with. with yeah, I saw the area. Blockbuster. I saw a pizza place yeah. and a hotel, and nice. it was very brief. But yeah, I, I was there for like 24 hours maybe. Yes, awesome. So outside of Bend, Oregon, if you start going out in the desert there, uh, there is like some back roads, gravel roads, whatever. And so I was driving on there, and basically what I was doing for the weekend was I was actually what's called shed hunting. So you're like looking for deer antlers that have fell from the winter oh that's cool it's like a, nice yeah it's just like a giant easter egg hunt basically right? for, <laughs> for adults i guess but so i'm like i'm like looking around for all these things right and i'm like driving around and i was like getting out and hiking and i get to like this kind of like weird water trough in the middle of the desert and like out pops these two people and you can tell right away that they're through hikers or that they, they have that look, right? And mm-hmm. you could tell they had like ultras, they had a ULA bag on. And I was like, what the heck are these guys doing out here, right? <laughs> so like, I got rolled out the window and I'm like, hey, it's like, hey, what's up? Like, you guys need some help? And they're like, oh, like we're doing the Oregon Desert Trail, which is like a large, it's kind of like the CDT, but like a little bit way more, less unmarked or whatever. And they're like, yeah, man, we're just, I think we're going to bail. We were like prepping for the PCT this year or something, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, 
I was like, well, I can hit you back to Brothers, Oregon. They're like, oh, sweet. So they like jump in my car. We're sharing stories, blah, blah, blah. And I get them to the place, whatever. And it was cool. Never saw them again. So the next year I am doing the CT and I'm getting into our first resupply, which is in Breckenridge. And I made reservations at this hostel, which by the way, I, I hate hostels. That's a whole nother story. I do but. too, honestly. I'm not, <laughs> oh, I like the privacy of a hotel over a hostel oh for sure. Oh my God, me too. So I get in, I'm, I'm rolling into Breck. It'd been like fourth, fifth day on the CT. And I go and I open the door to the hostel. And this guy's coming out at the same time. And I like look at him. I'm like, dude. Did I give you a hitch to <laughs> Brothers Oregon last year? And he like looks at me and he's like an old, older dude. And he's like, oh my God. So, so random, right? And so he was actually hiking the CT as well, randomly. Like I had no contact with this guy at all after this this random escapade in the desert right yeah so the he's the first person i see at this hostel in colorado and <laughs> breckenridge right and so what was really interesting too was that night because i had been sleeping terribly on the ct and like terribly to the point where i was like every morning i'd like wake up and i was like kind of like delirious like just like not a lot of sleep and so like i was thinking at this hostel i was gonna have a great time and a great sleep, right? And like it's nine o'clock. I'm like, oh my god, nobody's gonna be coming into my room. This is awesome. And then this dude walks in, smelly as hell, you know. It's <laughs> just like, oh my god. And I was like, I know he's gonna snore, and he's snoring <laughs> all night. And so I don't get any sleep. So anyway, that next night, I or the next day, I wake up and I actually have coffee with this guy that I had picked up in the desert. And he had, he was like basically a triple crowner, done all the big things. And he was giving me like some real good sage advice and stuff. And probably was a big, re- well, one of the big reasons why I kept going. I mean, I, I still would have kept going afterwards, but like he, his advice really helped me. Yeah. So it just kind of came full circle. And it's just kind of, again, like the serendipity of the trail where it's just like, you're always down and out. And then like something happens as long as you just hold on. Like something good always happens, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. It's such a small world. This is why you never talk shit about another hiker, folks. You never know you'll be another state on another trail and you'll it'll come back around. So that is <laughs> that is so awesome. What a small world it is, huh? Yeah. So awesome, dude. Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on here, dude. This was so fun, honestly. It's been a while since I've done one of these podcasts, like I said, and and this was cool. I'd love to have you back on as well. Um, where can people find your stuff? I mean, you said you're all over the place. How can people find you? <laughs> yeah. So Instagram is Instagram. TikTok is Chattahoochee underscore. And then YouTube, Chad Lubinsky. And then also if someone wants to become a, a well, what I do a lot of is user generated content for brands. If you guys want to check that out, see how to do that. I have a, a course available for that so if you're ever interested in doing that just check out the link in my bio hell yeah man thank you so much that's gonna do it everybody thanks for listening and uh, i'll see you next week most likely <laughs> <laughs>